Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Raj Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real, raw, and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family, tech, and marketing, of course. I am your host, Ivan Tumulkov, and I'll be joined with my sidekick, Courtney Turner, here shortly in a little bit. Uh, I want to give you guys a heads up on a couple of things. So we are streaming live on LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, Periscope, and Twitch uh, at the moment. Uh, send us a text message to 314-916-4875, SMS text messages only. And really excited this morning to talk about this uh, specific topic. Uh, but before we dive into it... Um, a couple other things that I wanted to mention too. So if you notice I'm sporting a new hat, that is the limited edition IMTIM Triumph uh, hat uh, that is being released. And I've already shipped out a few of these. Uh, if you'd like to get one of these for yourself, uh, message me, uh, contact me, email me, and uh, I'd be more than happy to get one out uh, to you. I hope you all are having an amazing Monday. I hope you had an amazing weekend. Uh, I know things have been crazy this past week here in St. Louis. Um, we've been uh, swamped with snowpocalypse, and uh, that included about a foot of snow um, in some parts, but that is actually slowly moving away now, so I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, things are warming up. I think we're supposed to see some 60-degree weather uh, actually uh, this week. And uh, with that being said, I want to go ahead and bring in Courtney, uh, have her join me here on stage. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I was uh, just telling the audience a couple things about being live, limited edition hat, which, by the way, is making its rounds now. And, of course, my new SMS number as well. People can reach out and, and connect. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? It was good. Yeah, I feel like it was uh, pretty busy. <laughs> pretty busy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know you got a lot of things going on. You're working on a lot of different projects. Uh, yeah. And for those of you that, that don't know about Courtney, make sure you check out her website, CourtneyTurner.com. She has a podcast, the Courtney Turner Podcast, that is literally skyrocketing at this point. She has some controversial discussions around psychology, fitness, politics, and we'll actually get a little bit into that uh, later uh, in the show. But um, um, so awesome. Yeah. You know, I was telling everybody. So last week felt like, I, you know, I was I was swarmed uh, under some snow. And this week we're like thawing out, as they say here in the Midwest. So I'm pretty excited. In fact, I was chatting with my brother-in-law on Facebook and he's like, yeah, it's going to be 60 degrees on Tuesday. Thinking about golfing. And I'm like, dude. I haven't golfed in like eight months. I think at this point I might kill somebody with a golf club, you know, so I might have to take it easy on that one. And the challenge with me, <laughs> the challenge with me, that is the reality of it. Honestly, I, I'm that good of a golfer, you know, that uh, if I haven't played in 68 months now that, you know, uh, I might want to take it slow if I head out to uh, the fairway, cause I might throw a club at somebody. <laughs> So, knowing me, but um, yeah, so I'm pretty excited. Things are warming up. I feel like, you know, we, uh, month of February was like 
you know, uh, winter decided to make a pit stop here in the Midwest all of a sudden. And it was just like two weeks of like crazy, crazy weather. I think we even had zero temperatures on a couple of days. It was so cold. I mean, so cold that uh, I, I don't think <clears throat> I've ever actually experienced my car not starting because it's been so cold outside. Wow. And the weekend that we traveled was so cold that literally my car was cranking a few times just to get wow. it started because it was so cold outside. And by the way, like, I, I don't know if I can handle that kind of cold. That's way too cold for me. <laughs> so. that, that's, I went to school in that kind of cold. It was upstate New York and it snowed through yeah. the station and yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But and I used to ski, so definitely. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Did not know yeah. that. So when was yeah, the last time that you skied? I haven't skied in a few years, but as a kid, I was actually on the racing team. Yeah. I used wow. To ski. Yeah, I love skiing. That's awesome. That's awesome. So are you <laughs> thinking about doing some more of it this year, next I year, soon? You. I so I'm you know, I'm leaving the end of this weekend, uh, like the end of this week, I'm traveling mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna travel for a little bit. Um, and then I'm hoping that maybe end of March before the ski season ends, I can do one trip before I'll probably end up moving and at that point, you know, yeah. I will yeah. be further away. Although a lot of times when you're further away than you actually end up doing it, it's like the people who live at the beach never see the beach whereas like yeah. you know, people who live nowhere near a beach they take vacation and they go to a beach you know right They're sometimes uh, seeing more of it than the people who live right there so i don't know yeah. it'll force me to make more concerted effort to you know do ski trips but i feel exactly. like we're close to it now and i really haven't it's like once every few years i get to go but. Yeah, yeah. And I know me and you were talking offline just to share with viewers and listeners that, uh, first of all, I didn't know that you like skiing. So that's that's amazing because there's not a lot of people that like that. But, uh, you know, now living in warmer climates and I know you're thinking about moving too, but I know you mentioned that you actually like the season changes, right? I, I do. I, I really miss it. And I never thought I'd say that. I have rain out. So I don't mm -hmm. handle cold very well. Uh, so for those who don't know, rain out, it's where the capillaries in the uh, extremities, they stiffen. Um, mm -hmm. So my fingers and my toes might go numb. They like, they'll turn white, and I actually lose feeling in them when it gets cold. Uh, it doesn't even have to be that cold for it to happen, but certainly the cold does not help. So I don't do all that well with cold. Yeah. Um, but I am, uh, I feel like, the fact that there really isn't much variance in the seasons affects your circadian rhythm. And I do kind of miss that like cyclical element. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually think it's very important. I think human beings are wired for it. I mean, obviously there are people who live, you know, yeah. who thrive yeah. very well here, but, but I kind of miss it. I miss seeing the foliage. I miss, you know, having snow fall every now and then. And yeah. There's something about the air that changes. So I I I agree with that. You know, and actually, coming to think of it, uh, we've we've had discussion over or discussions over the last couple of years with my wife about potentially moving to warmer climates. And uh, the more we kind of thought about it, you know, and the reason I I don't think we've made that happen as of yet is because we would miss a white Christmas. Because let's face it, I mean, you don't always get, at least in the Midwest, a white Christmas, but the probability of getting one as opposed to living down south is much higher, uh, you know, living in the Midwest or like upstate, you know, north, sure. right? 
uh, because because of snow. And I think that's just one of those things that, you know, when the holidays come around, it's like it'd be awesome to have, you know, a white Christmas. And if I lived, you know, down south, sure, I would love the beach. But, you know, I've also heard people say I get burnt on the beach. Like you can only see so much sand for for a long period of time and then you get burnt out. I'm like, wait, is that really true? Like, it's not that I get burnt out. I mean, like I'm looking at the ocean now. It's it's always yeah. beautiful. It never gets old. Um, but what does get old is not having that cyclical um, seasonal change. You know, yeah. there's something about like, oh, fall is coming and you prepare for it. And there's a different experience of time. I think when sure. we, it's the same, I mean, here it's, we have a slight variance, but you know, for the most part, like it doesn't really drop too much below 60, you know. Um, maybe at night, but, you know, during the day, it's maybe we'll have a couple of like 55 and it's still sunny. And um, certainly in Santa Monica, it's a little colder than the rest of L.A. But you don't have that, um, those changes. And I think that it's that is more what what I what I miss. It's not it's not that the beach gets old. It's not that the the, you know, magnificence and the, uh, you know, uh, you know, the expansiveness of the ocean is ever like stale or that sunsets right. are ever boring. You know, it's, it's always incredibly beautiful. But I think it's more just that when it is the same day to day, time feels different. You just don't have that sense of like, oh, like the winter is coming. Oh, fall is coming. It's, sure. It changes your experience of time. So, Yeah. No, I think, you know, that's one of the things that I've thought about is, you know, now with everything that's happening, you know, in 2021 with uh, my life, you know, family and business also, yeah. it's really made me think bigger and bigger. And so, you know, one of the things that I would probably like to do eventually is just to have a home or a place to stay or maybe even yeah. live year round where I see the beach and maybe it's like, you know, it doesn't dip below 60 degrees, you know, will be great. But then like wintertime is maybe to come back and see family and yeah. experience that seasonal change because you, you kind of get in the mood. You know, I feel yeah. like I mean, there's nothing like I mean, at least me growing up as a kid, I remember white Christmas is getting so excited, getting the spirit of the holidays. It just really sets a different mood, I feel like, you yeah. know, and, and I, doing I, that. I totally agree. Um, and it's interesting. They say uh, people who uh, prefer to live uh, by the beach, that it's uh, really good for people who are serotonin deficient and that people who um, like the mountains are really good for people who are acetylcholine de deficient. Right. We thought that right. Was really interesting. Yeah. So some people like are more mm. drawn to one versus the other. Um, and they say that it does have to do with. Uh, yeah. Brain chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's something to think about for sure. Um, I want to go ahead and dive into the yeah. topic of the episode. And, uh, you know, this morning we were chatting and I'm like, okay, what the hell are we going to talk about today? Yeah. And, you know, I'm one of those people that it's like, I don't think it's a matter of trying to figure out what to talk about. It's like, you know, what would people want to hear about? And And you actually brought this up you know, integrity, integrity or lies. And that's really what I wanted to cover in this episode because I actually put out a post on my Facebook profile that what's really interesting is this, that it's kind of having this trickling effect where people are slowly engaging with it over days yeah. because I think people are, are like absorbing the context of it and what it really means. 
And the reality of things is, you know, in this digital world that we live in with social media and everything with news and politics that's going on, I feel like there's so many lies, so many lies, you know, and it makes me wonder. So, you know, I actually looked up, you know, the definition of of, uh, integrity because I'm like, okay, let's, let's, yeah. So like, you know, let's, 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 let's go, let's, let's go to, uh, to basics here, right? And let's see what is what is integrity because I think too many people scrutinize the meaning of integrity, right? And by definition, integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, and the state of being whole and undivided. Now, there's so much gray in this, honestly, because you know, I think honesty is important, right? I mean, whatever you do in, in life, in business, it's important to be honest, mm-hmm. you know, and always tell the truth, right? But I think where things have gotten scrutin- scrutinized is people like to make their own versions of the truth, their own versions of honesty. Uh, and and I'm, not, I'm not by no means, and I'm gonna talk about it here in a little bit, is, is morals and beliefs, because everyone's entitled to it. But why do people choose to tell lies over you know retaining their integrity like that that's a mind-boggling thing we'd love to hear your thoughts on that because i know you're a huge proponent for the psychological and political aspect of that but why do people do that i i think there's a lot of reasons so as human beings we're wired for survival that's you know first and foremost so we tend to do things that we think are going to advance, you know, our safety right. um, and increase, you know, our safety. So there's there's a couple of different things I think that are going on, you know. So one is uh, the the social approval. Um, so as human beings, we are social creatures, and if you look back through, you know, primordial man, they we were more like pack animals. If you were ostracized or left out of the herd, your actual life life was in danger, jeopardy, because you might not be able to eat, you know, if you weren't part of the the tribe. If somebody hunted you, you didn't, then you might not, you know, you might not literally survive being left out, you know, because you, there was a tribal element. And so that is part of why even today, a lot of man sometimes feels physically assaulted uh, by uh, emotional attacks. I think that's where one thing that you mentioned is, is, is being part of the tribe is just that Mm -hmm. I think that's where a little bit of FOMO comes in. (laughs) I know a lot of people talk about FOMO on the internet and I shit you not for, Mm -hmm. I think until, until a couple of years ago, I'm like, what the fuck is FOMO? So I actually Mm -hmm. looked it up and I'm like, really? Like there's such thing as FOMO. Like, but you're absolutely right. I, I think people want to be socially accepted. So they yeah. choose to tell lies, whether it's to themselves or to the general public, so, because they want that social acceptance. Exactly. So I think a lot of times people will tell lies for, you know, to be either um, accepted, to receive approval, validation. Um, and to sometimes it's a, you know, omitting truth or, not uh their actions are dishonest as a way of either fitting into you know a crowd or as a way of not offending um people do that often 
uh, I think it was Plutarch who uh, said, you know, a real friend is someone who uh, dares to, I I'm paraphrasing, but dares to tell you the truth even when it's uncomfortable, uh, that a real right. friend wouldn't, uh, you know, tell you a lie just to appease you. That's not a friend. Um, yeah. And so I think that, but I think we've lost a lot of that element today. You know, people mm -hmm. want to be, uh, for lack of a better phrase, you know, political correctness is all about this. You know, don't dare offend somebody. You know, better to mince the truth just a bit in order to soften the blow. And yep. I, I think that's where a lot of lies do stem. I think they stem from this, uh, you know, not wanting to offend, not wanting to hurt people. Then there's the, you know, pathological, uh, you know, more sociopathic, sociopathic kind of element of it where people lie literally just to further their own gain. Um, and yep. it, that's completely devoid of integrity. That is solely for, um, you know, unscrupulous type of uh, uh, intentions. So you know, yeah, I think there's a couple of things at play when people are lying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to hit up on some of those uh, a little bit more is because you know, first of all, I have to say the problem when I was younger, I was one of those people because I wanted to be socially accepted. So, you know, it's kind of like I followed the herd, so to speak. It's like whatever the herd did, you know, is is what I did or what I what I chose to do. So if I needed to tell a lie just to be socially accepted, then I would tell a lie. But right. then I feel like, you know, as they say, as the saying goes, is, uh, uh, you know, you, you get wiser as you go to get older or something along mm -hmm. those lines, right, that you mature hopefully as you get older. And I realized that, you know, I needed to become more comfortable with making my own decisions, right. doing my own research, being able to come up with my own choices, yeah. you know, whether people liked it or disliked it. And, you know, I think these are the repercussions a lot of people are afraid of is just that, yeah. You know, if you say something on Facebook, if you say something on Twitter or any social media platform is what is going to be people's reaction? How are you going to handle, you know, someone's negative comment? Right. You yeah. know, like, like, is that going to emotionally hurt you? And are you afraid to be hurt that way? Mm -hmm. And I think most people are, they're afraid to be emotionally hurt. And instead of being integral and being honest and truthful and really adhering to those morals and beliefs, that I know they strongly believe in, right? Is they would rather tell a lie or they would rather blend in with the rest of the herd. And so I think, you know, whether it's, you know, in your personal life, whether it's in business, whether it's in politics, I mean, I know there's a lot of that in politics, I feel like. Like people can't choose sides. Yeah. You know, people yeah. can't choose sides and and or they're afraid to choose sides. Yeah, I, I, so I think there's a couple more things I want to address. One is I think there is actually a lack of, there's a loss of morality in our society. Um, I definitely see it in this country. We're becoming more and more secular, um, you know, as a, as a whole. Um, but I actually see it globally as well. I, I think there's a, a true loss of morality. And if you don't, you know, I, I think it was Churchill who said, uh, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that that is definitely a huge component. Uh, but another part of it is, and politics is a great example of this, is that people are afraid of what are the ramifications if they are to be true to themselves. Um, and they right. are, if they stand up for what's right, 
And, you know, are they willing to be that lone uh, soldier, you know, who will fight for the truth, fight for what's right, um, even if other people, you know, won't back them? And, you know, in politics, it's a lot about, like, making deals. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, that's what this, the saying is. That's what people always yeah. say. Yeah. You know, walk across the aisle and, you know, make deals. But the, the reality is that there's no compromising on the truth. The truth is the truth, you know. And we, we've had these conversations right. about uh, perspectives and reality. You know, and people can have a, you know, a different perspective and people may have different opinions, but the truth is still the truth. And if you right. know something to be objectively true, you know, bending on it just a little bit is just dishonest. You know, that's not yeah. compromise. That, that's dishonesty. Um, and I think that that's where the confusion is. And I do think it stems from a lack of morality. And I think integrity is becoming more and more rare. You know, it, it's in uh, short supply these days. Um, right. Yeah. And I think, I think that stems a lot from uh, cowardice. You know, it's a lack of courage. And, you know, it, I think courage comes from having conviction. You know, you, you, you're, you know that you can withstand what comes your way because you believe so strongly in what it is that you're standing for. I agree. Lost that. I agree. You know, one thing that I wanted to touch upon that you said that, I, that I've noticed is that I feel like disagreeing because you stand firmly by your morals, by your beliefs, the truth, the hon uh, honesty, you know, can obviously have repercussions. You know, because it can have repercussions. And I think those repercussions are usually happen uh, from the people that are closest to you. Like I know, let's take social media, for example, is this, you know, uh, people that you feel close to. You know, I've seen I've actually had that happen multiple times. It's where, you know, I've had people that thought they were friends, uh, you know, whether we're in real life or people that I've just known for a while on social media. And, you know, we've just had very candid conversations, very personal conversations to where like we've been very open. And then when you disagree on something because you're speaking out your truth and you feel that they're, you know, you need to be integral. Right. And that's what I try to do is this that, OK, I feel like I need to be integral. I need to tell the truth. I need to be honest. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But then when that disagreement happens, and I think we talked about this in the previous episode, is I think people choose to shut down that argument before the argument actually happens. And I think that's what happens a lot of times. Right. Is this that people are unwilling to discuss it and say, well, why do you feel that this is the truth? Right. Let's talk about it. Let's extrapolate it. Let's present factual information. I'm one of those people, in fact, and I think that's I am one of those people that I love factual information. I'm all about the truth. I'm all about honesty. I'm all about integrity. But I think too many people do not understand the real meaning of integrity. Yeah. You know, yeah. to where they make up their own version because, you know, of, you know, being deceitful to others or personal gain. We see this on Facebook every day, every yeah. day. People tell bullshit just because they think that it's somehow going to give them an advantage in business or a bigger following or more comments or more yep. likes. Yep. And it's yep. like, it's really, and I think that's where social giants have kind of figured out that, you know what, like let people just kill each other. <laughs> let them just like go at it because 
they can't be integral. And I think as human beings, it's that social component that really creates that friction, right? That you mentioned is just that, you know, uh, to be honest or to be dishonest, you know? Yeah. So, so there's a part of uh, the definition uh, of integrity. You know, certainly honesty is a part of it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of it, you know, when you read it, it's, it's about being whole, right? So that's why yeah. when I say that there's no compromising on the truth is because it's it's whole, right? You can't bend it. You can't break off just a little piece of it and then think that that's integrity. No, integrity yeah. is staying steadfast to your morals, to your beliefs, to the truth. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, personal integrity is staying true to what is true for you and, you know, your morals, your beliefs, and what you know to be truth. Um, and when you're talking about, you know, the social component of it, my problem with it is that people may think that they're uh, ingratiating themselves to, you know, to a crowd or to uh, their audience or to customers, you know, fill in the blank, whatever the list goes on. But you're, when you're, when you compromise your integrity, you break a piece of that social fabric, you know, that trust gets broken. So I yeah. think the part, you know, and I, I think we're seeing that, you know, politics is a really good example of that. We're seeing that right now. There's supposed to be an integrity of how our system works. You know, we have documents that very clearly delineate the process of our governing um, protocols. And, yeah. You know, right now that integrity is being questioned. And so there's that social construct that is not reliable. People are doubting it because it's been broken. Um, and so, you know, while they may think that they were, you know, furthering their own game, whatever, you know, and I'm, I'm not privy to why certain yeah. people have, you know, become uh, devoid of integrity or, have you know broken that trust i i don't know if they were bribed or you know corrupted somehow or threatened or um you know or just wanted to appease you know i i don't know i'm not i have yeah. my thoughts and suspicions but i sure sure assessment without yeah. i don't have i'm not privy to those facts but what i do know is that it is being questioned based on the actions um and so that that questions the whole social fabric yeah, and I actually want to go back to that because I would love to hear your thoughts, um, you know, talking about SCOTUS, the Supreme Court of the United States, because uh, that is, I'm very curious about that. But one thing I wanted to actually mention about integrity real quick, because it got me thinking is, so I'm someone who's been in the digital marketing space for over two decades now. And, um, you know, now more than ever, I feel like I'm seeing so much snake oil in the space uh, because it's so, so accessible, you know, so many people can get into it. I mean, you right. just need to be a little bit tech savvy and you can be the next guru overnight practically or label yourself the next guru. Now, speaking yeah. of integrity, one thing that I, that I personally practice is that, you know, I believe that the people, whatever it is that you're selling, you know, whether you have a service or a product, as long as you, you're, you're likable and trustworthy and you give value, then in, in any form or fashion that covers those three, people are going to appeal to you. And integrity is a huge part of that. So when I, when we do this show or any content that I push out, you know, I try to be truthful and honest, you know, speak from, from the heart. And what I've discovered is that, you know, it's not for everybody. 
and it's not going to be for everybody, but it is for somebody, one person, somebody. And this was a struggle, I think, for me, at least on the business side of things for, you know, well, six years ago when I started out is just that because I wanted to appeal to everybody. I realized that, no, you don't need to appeal to everybody. It's just be integral, be yourself, you know, attract other like-minded people and, and build trust and offer value. And, and and I think I get so so irked about when I see like the hard salesy posts that come across oh, yeah. on Facebook and like buy my course on and, for me. I, I actually cringe. I can't I get so and yeah. I it, it's I don't even yeah. have to be like it's not even uh you know intellectual. Like it, like I, yeah. I feel it viscerally. I'm like, oh I can't. I actually had to remind myself, so th- this actually, believe it or not, like I said, I cringe, cringe very much like you when I see those hard salesy posts from like yeah. other marketers, especially buy my course and do this and this. And yesterday I got to thinking about it because I saw one actually. And then, you know, the, the and this is, I think, a, a leap for me because I didn't used to do this. So I saw it and I'm like, I mean, there's plenty of room for everybody. There's plenty to go around. Yeah, like, sure. don't let like these cringy posts affect your mood and energy. Like there's yeah. zero reasons you've got so much going on for yourself, you know, and they're really thinking about like that integrity and honesty and truth and relationships and all of that. So speaking of integrity, I wanted to bring that up because it's a huge part, you know, of, of my business methodology specifically, you yeah. know, because I believe in that it's important to, to be honest, to be upfront, to be uh, truthful. And so uh, moving on to, I, I do want to hear your thoughts on Skoda. I, I, I want to interject on that just yeah. very quickly. Um, but sure. I think there is a, you know, I wrote my thesis on existential authenticity. And I think, you know, authenticity and integrity are linked. They're not 100% the same. Um, I, I think there are nuanced differences between the two. Uh, but yeah. one of the things that is actually very relevant in both and to what you're speaking to is knowing thyself. And I think that 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 is also part of why people uh, lack integrity. A lot of people don't know who they are and they're so busy trying to uh, appeal externally. They're looking to be reinforced externally. And again, we're social creatures. We all do that. We all need validation. We all want to be liked. That's human. But first and foremost, you have to know yourself. And I think that it's really hard to have integrity if you don't know who you are, you know, you're not, how can you be authentic if you don't know what's authentic for you? So that's I think really that's actually, yeah. <laughs> I you know, um, and actually I'm glad you said that because um, I was on clubhouse probably a couple of weeks ago yeah. and uh, I ended up getting on stage and I actually haven't been much on clubhouse, but uh, uh, well, since a couple of weeks ago, but I was on stage with some nine figure earners and, um, it was a business coaching thing. And, uh, so I got on stage and, and they asked me to do my pitch basically. And, you know, I did my pitch and it got shut down and like just totally ripped apart, you know, and one of the nine figure earners was like, no, I wouldn't do business with you. And I kind of got to thinking about that after a while. And then I saw a post on Instagram from Damon John that said, basically, you know, uh, embrace vulnerability, embrace your story, tell people how you got to where you are, tell them about your struggles. You know, that's literally the essence of my human centric business, human marketing. And 
So like suddenly there were like these polar opposites, you know, it's like this nine figure owner sends like, no, I'm not going to buy from you because your pitch sucks. And then Damon John is actually saying the, the polar opposite. He's saying like, just be yourself, know thyself, you know, yeah. and I agree with you. Most people don't know themselves because they're trying to appeal to John Q public. And yeah. they're so worried about that to yeah. the point where they have sleepless nights because someone didn't like their post or someone didn't comment or, you know, someone said a bad thing that really got them thinking. It's like, no, know thyself. That, yeah. That's literally all that, all that matters. So that was a really good point that, that you made. Cause you know, uh, every time I've questioned whether or not, at least from a business standpoint, whether or not I'm going in the right direction, yeah. you know, then it's like, yeah, you are because look, look at the things you've accomplished. So yeah. don't have, don't, don't self doubt yourself. Exactly. Think, you know, and I well, think a lot of people do. Self -doubt I actually, I think it's fine to doubt yourself. I think that that's human. Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the process. You can doubt, you can ask questions, but mm -hmm. knowing yourself will uh, fortify you in continuing your path. And I think that's the important part. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. Let's talk about SCOTUS because I, I want to hear, you know, and I'm not, I actually want to talk about this because um, there's so much going on in politics right oh. now. And, and I know you're a huge proponent for that. So uh, let's fill us in. What is happening? Because I know it, this morning when we're chatting on Messenger, you said, you know, there's, I'm just fired up about what's going on with SCOTUS right now. I'm like, Courtney, what's going on? Like, you seem all fired up about this. So uh, fill us in what is happening right now and, and, and why why should people take stronger interest into this? Well, I, I don't know that fired up is quite the uh, right word, uh, the right okay. words, but I, you know, I'm not at all surprised. I am incredibly disappointed. I think... So, you know, with, without going too far down rabbit holes, there have been a lot of people who have had, you know, kind of what I call hopium. <laughs> they have lots of theories on things that are going mm -hmm. on. And sure. you know, I, I have not subscribed to any of that. Um, you know, not that I don't believe that hope is important, um, but I just have not been, you know, a, a proponent of some of these uh, notions that have been tossed around. Sure. Uh, what I have been interested in is, these court cases, um, not because I was all that hopeful, but because they, you know, they are a part of the constitutional process. And for me, they were kind of the, you know, one of the last pillars of hope. And yeah. there was some sort of possibility, but they were also uh, a major indication of where we are at in this country and where the uh, constitutional republic stands today. And SCOTUS making the choice not to hear these cases today again um, is incredibly disappointing. Uh, sure. Because, you know, they're, they're not letting the case be heard. And that, you know, as we were talking about on an individual level, uh, personally, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about shutting down the argument, about shutting down the discourse, right? Well, this is the ultimate example of that. This is... You know, no, I'm not even going to hear your evidence. We're just going to shut down the case. We're dismissing it, um, saying that it's moot. Uh, they were saying that, you know, it's irrelevant at this point in time. Right. Well, why is it irrelevant at this point in time? It's because uh, you played the slow roll game and you, you pushed it off. And 
you know, procrastinated to the point where now we are so far past the election. And it's not true. It's actually that that's a false statement to say that it's irrelevant or that it's moot at this point because we are still within that 60-day period. There is there are still within the purview of the of, you know pursuant to the constitution sure, sure. still uh, viable uh, paths that need to be that I believe should be addressed and assessed. And you know more importantly, what kind of a precedence is it setting moving forward if yeah. they if they choose not to hear these cases, then they're uh, essentially setting a precedent for things that were blatantly unconstitutional. You know, some of these states changed right. the constitution um, after after the fact. You know, yeah. so I they're setting a precedent that that's okay that we can just you know make laws as we go and you know change things when it it's uh, politically expedient for us to do so. Uh, and I think that that is right. incredibly dangerous. I think that that is uh, it. It's a uh, it's a blatant violation of our constitution. It puts our constitution in jeopardy, and I that's all that's all we really have. I mean, that's what makes this country unique is our constitution. And if we dismiss yeah. it and we ignore it and we you know viol- keep continue to violate it and mock it in the capacity that we have, especially over this past year and you know currently. Yeah. Uh, and I think it also shows the courts to be, uh, you know, again, I, I, I can't prove, I don't know what's going on in, inside the system. I'm not there. I have suspicions, but I'm not going to sit here and speculate. Uh, but, you know, right. certainly we can make a lot of uh, assessments based on results, right? And the results prove uh, or at least allude to corruption. And well, I yeah. think... So a couple of things is um, you have reason to believe. And, you know, I, I think one of the things I heard you say in the beginning is, and, and this is definitely above my pay grade, is how does SCOTUS, you know, what's the protocol that SCOTUS utilizes to discredit, you know, a viable case that's presented, right? Because I think that's what I heard you say in the beginning is just that, you know, they, they're ultimately discredited and said that this was an invalid argument, right? Without no, actually. No, that's not what they said. Uh, they, they, they didn't hear the case. So they're saying that, oh. it, yeah, they won't hear the case. And, and that, right, and that's what I meant. Right, that's yeah, what I meant is discrediting, it. you know, because they weren't, they didn't even allow it to be presented. Yeah. That's, the, that's why I have such issue with it. Is because they're not even allowing the cases to be heard. They're just, so, this, is, this is the, on the grand scale, right. this is the, you know, the manifestation of these personal conversations that are being mm-hmm. shut down, right? That we sure. keep talking about shutting down the discord. This is the ultimate example of that. They're not even letting the conversation be had. And for the, the job of the Supreme Court is to rule on the constitutionality. This is not a criminal case. They're not, you know, determining whether there was fraud, whether there wasn't fraud. That that's, This is just based on the constitutionality. So to not even hear it and... There is a very strong case, in my opinion, for the unconstitutionality in several of these states uh, for what happened. We're, we're, the case that we're referring to here is that you're talking about the, uh, the recent election, correct? Specifically mm-hmm. where the investigations around, you know, voter fraud and all of that, which 
I I think I have to agree with you is just that it has to be heard, but it sounds like he was like pushed off without even given the opportunity because it isn't yeah. isn't that what SCOTUS is supposed to do on the highest of of levels? Is yep. basically they are the the supreme authority and Supreme Court, ultimately, you know, the the supreme authority to be able to take the time, you know, and I feel yeah. like taxpayers pay for that too, is just to be able to investigate that. Right. Look, it, it's yeah. So it, I, I really want to be clear. You know, we've got three branches and the Supreme Court, their their job is to adjudicate. They adjudicate the constitutionality. They are mm-hmm. not uh, they're not the legislative. They're not the executive. So they're not investigating that. That's not their job. Like That should have been the job of the Department of Justice. Uh, or the FBI, right. you know, that they're right. investigative agencies. The Supreme Court is supposed to adjudicate the constitutionality of a case. That's their job. So to not hear the case and determine the constitutionality, you know, that sets a precedent moving forward because yeah. whether it was constitutional or not, the precedent sets, uh, it, it, it sets a precedent moving forward that, we can point to and say, well, now this proves that it, this can, this can happen again because you determine. So, you know, I, as a, you know, as a policy major and, you know, one of the things the extensionists yeah. talk about, Sartre talked about this all the time, uh, Sartre, uh, he would talk about like how inaction is an action. You know, not making a choice is still, that's still a choice. Right. You know, yeah. Right. A lot of people like to, uh, and this is where I say that it is a lack of integrity and it, and it stems from cowardice is, oh, I'm just going to pass. Like, I'll, let me just sit out on this. Yeah. And yeah. that's, and then, you know, and then they say they can't be blamed. They can't be responsible. They can't be held responsible. They're not culpable, but that's not true because your decision to step out of, you know, the case or your choice not to take action, that in itself is an action. And I think that's what the, the court is doing right now. Like, I, this is too messy. This is, I don't want to get my hands dirty. And so they've just completely, you know, obfuscated by turning down. The yeah, yeah, yeah. To hear it. You know, one thing I wanted to say about that is because I agree with this is um, I, I think, I think there's sort of a bit of the scarcity mindset, you know, at the Supreme Court level, like you said, that afraid to get hands too messy, but it's kind of like, you know, you are in that position. That's what you do. Ultimately, that's your, that's, job. You know, that's your job. So if you don't want to get too messy, then and 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 that even you know trickles down even in even further to when you look at the people that are involved, right? And then even more so than that is how do so these people are supposed to follow the U.S. Constitution, right? As we talked Ooh. about, but I feel like they manipulate the Constitution to serve individual needs or to serve the needs of whatever, as opposed to following the constitution. I think where things really get gray is just that, again, this is above my, my pay grade, is that you know who ultimately makes that executive decision? And if so, then why is that person you know, in that position, right? Uh, and why not change that person to someone who you know, is willing to embrace the Constitution because I know a lot of people question the Constitution because there there is gray areas, obviously, uh, in that. But there's also a lot of truth in there too. Right? I, so I, like, I'm, I, I, I'm going to interject there. I don't think it's all that gray. Um, mm-hmm. 
I think the Constitution is pretty explicit. Um, our founding fathers were incredibly brilliant, and they they really crafted a document yeah. that is, it's a fixed document. Uh, and I think so. It's not that it's gray. What's gray is that people's uh, perception on how the Constitution should be upheld. There, there's right. a, a group of people and a philosophy that believes it's a living document that can be interpreted in any sort of fashion to, you know, to serve their uh, agenda. And uh, there are people who believe that it was written in a specific manner and that it should be upheld as such. And I, I am more of the latter. I subscribe to the belief that it is a fixed document. This is not something that needs to be evolved and changed and written. Uh, the process of changing the constitution and you know making an amendment is a very elaborate process and it is uh, conducted that way for a reason. It's because it's not right. a living document. You actually have to go and change it and there is a whole process to do that. Um, and it's a very elaborate drawn out process. And the reason for that is because it's not living. It's not just like interpret any way you want today, you know, for whatever you feel like, for whatever your needs are today. Um, and this goes back to this notion of, you know, is truth absolute, right? There, there is an objective. Right. Those words are written for a very specific, precise way for a reason. And the job of the Supreme Court is to adjudicate if something is in accordance with that document. So that's where, yeah. you know, things could be gray. There's a, there is an interpretation of, does something align with the words of, the, in, you know, in the Constitution? But well, and that's, the Constitution that's not gray. Yeah, well, and again, I want to go back because I think it was a poor way of explaining it, but that's exactly yeah. what I was saying is that it was a, yeah. a misconception of the U.S. Constitution. And then I, I believe that, you know, if, if the Constitution should be changed and an amendment needs to be presented, it does need to go through an elaborate process because I think that, you know, from from our founding forefathers, right, when the U.S. Constitution was written, is that it is a fixed document, right? Mm -hmm. But it also is is a document that, that changes, I think, because people change, I think, or our beliefs change, or... This is where I, yeah, this is where I really, I, I'm pretty strong on this. I think they mm -hmm. wrote it with the understanding that human nature does not change. Human nature, through the thousands and thousands of years, it has been pretty consistent. You know, yeah. certainly, like, technology changes society changes. Um, really, I think the biggest change is technology. Uh, yeah. But human beings don't change. You know, we, the human nature is, is human nature. And they knew that. They understood that. And that is why they created the system of checks and balances that we have. And yeah. my biggest concern is that, that those checks and balances are being eroded. I, I think they have been for a very long time, but we're really seeing it come to the surface now. And well, yeah, I mean, those uh, checks and balances mm -hmm. is it jeopardy? You have tyranny. Yeah. I, our, all of our forefathers said that. And yeah. I, I think that is what we're starting to see. No, I agree with you. I was just that, and I'm all about checks and balances. And again, this is why I'm not a part of SCOTUS, and this is why I'm not having into, into politics, is because. You know, um, I believe that is a fixed document. I believe, you know, humans 
our patterns, you know, the our we just don't change. I believe in that. In that, it's human nature, right? Human nature is human nature. You know, it's it's how we were designed, uh, and this is why. Again, you know, but but it's really interesting because, and I think this is why there's there's so many issues, you know, at the Supreme Court level is because, you know, there's a lot of corruption, misconception, misinterpretation, lack of enforcement, you know, just so many different things, and. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it might be intentional, you know, yeah. uh, but some of it I think is probably unintentional too, because of human nature, I think, because we do make mistakes as humans, but at the same we time, make, we make mistakes, but, but how many times can somebody make a mistake? And then, you know, yeah. how many coincidences can occur before you question the, the coincidence? Well, the integrity, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. When it, when it becomes repetitive, I agree with you, is that's when you start really questioning and say, yeah. okay, is this person really like doing this unintentionally if they've done it three, four, five times right. or they're doing it intentionally? Because, you know, making a mistake once, okay, that can be understandable because it's human yeah. nature. But repetitive patterns, that's where I agree with you. This is why I think it's important to extrapolate this since we're talking about integrity, is this that when repetitive patterns you know, become evident, then it's like, no, SCOTUS is doing this intentionally. That's where I agree with you. And they're doing it for, that's the big question mark, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, I can speculate all day, you know, right. I, I don't have, right. a, I, I, again, I'm not privy to that information. So I can't make a concrete, conclusive uh, analysis on that. But I certainly right. can say that the results point to there being corruption. There's just, to yep. me, I don't see another uh, viable answer to what, what's occurring. I'm going to be honest with you, and, and I'm not even, you know, having the politics, but like, you know, if I look at politics in the last 25 years, right? So, you know, we immigrated here in 1994. I was 14 years old. So that was, well, 26 years ago now yeah. is I feel like whether it's the left side or the right side, there's always corruption, always. And... I honestly, I'm one of those people that's like, and, and that's why I think I, I have chosen not to immerse myself so much is because, you know, when there's a new candidate that's running, you know, whether it's at the state level or local government or president, right? Is this that they make such huge promises, huge promises. And you're sitting there and it's like, dude, you know, this is bullshit. Like, this is such a far stretch that like, you know, and I like to be optimistic. Don't get me wrong. But like, so the I, yeah, sorry. Go on. No, uh, go just to say, I think this is why people, why Trump was uh, so popular. Uh, he was yeah. one of the first presidents who really, whether you like him or not, he upheld yeah. his promises. I mean, there really isn't a promise that he didn't deliver. Uh, you know, he said he was going to do something. And I will tell you, honestly, for, for myself, I, I wasn't, you know, in the primaries, I wasn't, he wasn't my guy. And, you know, I had, I had a lot of reasons for, I didn't trust him. I thought that, you know, he's a lifelong Democrat. I knew he personally was very good friends with the Clintons. I, you know, I had this whole like theory that they, they were kind of, you know, two sides of the same coin. They were working together either way. And uh, what turned for me was that within the first few months, like really in the first few weeks, he started to deliver on all the things he was promising. And I was, I was, so surprised and i was really yeah. i was the first to say i'm totally wrong this man you know lives by his word and 
you know, again, whether you like him or not, that's not really something you can deny. You know, we the, the things he no. said he did, he did. Well, I think, you know, and this this is where I think a lot of people uh, were misconstrued is just that, you know, they saw they saw Trump as, you know, divorced, married multiple times, you know, like they saw the materialistic things, I feel like, you know, as opposed to like you said, is this what did he really do? You know, what did he accomplish? What, what were his real fulfillments and what are my sources for getting this information too, because that's yeah. where I think a lot of people were misled, and I agree with you. Is and if there's one thing that I've probably done a terrible job job at is this is that you know really really diving in deep to see like okay what did this guy really do you know besides like you know because let's face it when you're in the spotlight you probably know this because you've been in the spotlight right is this like there's like people will try to bring up the worst in you. Like they'll say that you're you've done the worst capable things and again and it's human nature, right? It's a guarantee. There's some like things in life that you can count on. Yeah. And it's, people it's in the public eye will be tarnished. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. People can dig up the worst about them. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, like imagine like a Hollywood star, right? It's like, I mean, when they're on the uprise, can you imagine what that probably feels like? Is that right? like suddenly people are, are are exposing things that you're like, how in the hell did I find this? And it's like they start judging you immediately. Or they make on, it up. I mean, yeah, they make it up. Talking about lies, right? Exactly. There, there's a lot of that as well, where yeah. people just blatantly make up things yep. that aren't true and fabricate stories yep. to paint somebody in a particular light. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I know we're coming up here on the top of the hour, and I know we, we talked about so many good things, you know, uh, talking about integrity or lies, and, you know, we talked about SCOTUS also, which I always admire your psychological and political take on things because, and by the way, for those of you uh, that haven't subscribed to Courtney's podcast, I'm going to throw in a plug, the Courtney Turner podcast. Make sure and go listen to it. She has some phenomenal guests, and she gets into some very, very deep conversations that let's just say are definitely worth listening so you can find it everywhere and uh courtney i, I always enjoy this you know Thank you bring you. such a fresh you know uh a breath of fresh air i should say you know um to the conversation and i think that is important to have because you know it's different perspective that people need to really you know absorb whether they choose to acknowledge it or not i think it's important to present that information so uh, i want to thank you you know this was a really really good one speaking thank of you know integrity and lies and what's happening in the digital space and politics and then using the end of the day is you know it's it's dr draw your own conclusions do your own research you know um and dive in deeper because i think it's important but always always adhere to your integrity that's really important so thank you everyone this was another episode of the raj project with my amazing sidekick courtney turner uh as well and we'll be back the raj project overdrive episode will be on wednesday we'll be back friday with another live episode thank you everyone for watching and have an amazing day i'll talk to you soon bye, -bye.